Welcome to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, your GPS to retirement. What Simplicity does, it helps you look forward exactly. and says, okay, here's where you are. Here's where you want to go. How are you going to fix it? Let's look forward. So when it comes to blaming, blaming is always in the rears. It's always looking backward. Now, your host, Paul Durso. Paul Durso here, Simply Financial, here with my amazing co-host, Charlie Bowers. How you doing? Oh, I thought you were looking behind me when you said amazing. No, 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 looking right at you. All right, I'm, I'm here anyway. We have a great store or show. I don't know. I am tongue-tied. Just You're going to have to deal with it. I'm sorry. But we have a great show in store for you today. I got it out. Yes. The financial blame game. But before we get into the show, I got to tell a really cool story about my young son, uh, Reed. And um, we, I d- was just away for the weekend. I'd come back into town. I was out with my oldest son on a soccer tournament, come back into town. And my little guy wanted to hang out with me. And I was really tired. And how old is he? He's eight. Eight. And uh, I was really tired when I got back in. And we spent the weekend in Charleston. And I was just kind of blah when I got back. And he's like, Dad, let's, let's, you want to, you want to play my new game? And I was like, what new game? And uh, they're, they're called um, Beyblades or something. Never heard of them. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just, it's a, it's a contraption that you, you put in this little, um, it's a, um, I don't know. It's they a spinner. Can't, they can't see your hand. I know. Gestures I know they can't, the but word. there's a contraption that you put this long, like tube thing in it. It's a plastic bendy thing. And then you pull it out and it spins. This thing drops from it. I had that when I was a kid. Okay. Well, they, they've come back. Okay. Okay. 50 right. years later, they've come 60, 70. They've, <laughs> they've come back. So anyways, I'm laying on the couch. I'm, I'm not really into it. And, um, and you, and you could tell he's just a little lost puppy and he just, he wanted to hang out with his dad. So I was like, okay. And he's telling me, you know, all about these Beyblades and his grandma and grandpa had just bought these for him. He was really excited to show daddy. So I get down and at first it was just fun. You know, we're just, we're pulling these things out. I'm kind of from the couch, just, you know, shooting it. And then he's talking smack, you know, cause he's got this awesome Beyblade and I have this terrible Beyblade or whatever. And he was just destroying me. And I was like, whatever, I'm getting into this. So I sit up and then I end up getting down on the floor with him. And we've got this little tournament. It's like a, it looks like a 12 by nine Tupperware tin that you shoot these Beyblades in it. It's like a little track and these mm-hmm. things like fly around and they're smacking each other. And it's just who can last the longest is the game. And you just keep playing them. And he's talking all these terminologies. Like you're wasting your energy. Oh. <laughs> like in your, your attacks just are, are inferior. And he's my little eight-year-old, you know? And we, we ended up playing for like 25 minutes. And trying different configurations on these Beyblades. And he's talking in Beyblade, you know, terminologies, you know. And it was just really cute. And then when we finished, I was kind of like done of just pulling the ripcord or whatever. And we went upstairs to do something else with my other two. And he like looks at me and he he hugs me. And he's like, thanks, daddy. He's like, this was was really fun. And, you know, I kind of stepped back and I was, you know, I had a dad moment where... I had to fight through my own laziness, my own, I need a moment as a dad. Just don't, 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 don't be around me right now. You know, you'll be there tomorrow. You know, I'll, I'll play with you tomorrow. And I had to fight through that. And I, 
and it was just a, a sweet moment with my son. And the reality of what I learned from it is, you know, you, if you're going to connect with somebody, whether it's your son or somebody else, you got to go where they're at. He didn't want to come up on the couch and lay down with me. He wanted daddy to get off the couch and sit down with him and play his game. And we did. And it was so much fun. We talked trash for 25 minutes and Beyblade, whatever, Beyblades, whatever. And we had, I mean, at one point, I know this doesn't matter to anybody, but I like blew up his Beyblade. Like apparently you can attack someone so hard it makes it literally explode. And the only time we've ever seen it was that one time. And it just happened to be his that exploded. I didn't do anything different. But it was Where fun. does he get all that competitive nature? Was his it mom. Because, his did, mom. Was it because you put that his mom. video on your Facebook page yeah. saying, I just his dismantled mom. my son's Beyblade mm-hmm. here? Uh-huh. It's totally his mom. Yeah. Okay. No, all but right. the, the point of what I wanted to talk about was just meeting people where they're at. Because it's not where you're at. It's where they're at. Mm-hmm. And it was just an amazing little moment for That's me. That's great. So we got a great show. Financial blame game. So let's talk about, you know, you're just trying to push the blame on me about his competitive nature. No, I was talking about your competitive no, no, nature. No, no, putting no, 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 Your no. son's defeat no, no. on your you're, Facebook page. You're trying page. to blame me. That, well, that's what, now we're going to talk about, the, let's talk about the, ba- uh, the blame uh, game, okay? But let's talk financially. So we got two really tough questions that we're going to start with on why the blame game can really affect you. The first one that we're going to talk about before we take a break is, my divorce really messed me up financially. I think I have heard everyone that's been divorced, especially recently, say that. That, uh, you know, if you're losing half of your assets, half of your 401k, your IRA, whatever, it, it does put you in a different frame of mind. The only person that I think I've heard of that that didn't really bother was Jeff Bezos. But uh, <laughs> most of us in the normal world, losing that half of your assets is tough. Well, I feel like there, I don't, I know we're talking about blame. But there's also, I don't want to use the word guilt, but I will use the word shame. Where, you know, we, we've had clients here that have gone through a divorce. Actually, we have, I had a client call or email me two weeks ago, I think. I mean, uh, gave the announcement that she's going through a divorce and they've been clients of mine for gosh, 10, 12 years. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> I was, I was shocked. And I had a client about two years ago through, go through a divorce. And she walked in here when she told me, I think she told me before he did, and she was like ashamed. Mm-hmm. And she kind of came in here, wasn't even about the money. It was more about, you know, a good, good Christian lady that's like, I'm, I'm getting divorced. It's not supposed to happen. It's not. I, I thought this was going to be the last one, you know, the only mm-hmm. one. And now I'm all by myself. And, you know, the, the reality is we can, we can look outward and, and push the blame wherever blame is due. But the reality is sometimes we need to take a little ownership. You know, even when you feel like that's the last, it might be 99-1 or 95-5 on who's really the blame. I think you learn the most when you turn inward. And for her, I think the shame helped her. Mm. Even though there was nothing for her to be ashamed of, they just weren't meant to be together. You know, they, I'm not sure they should have ever gotten married in the first place, but the reality is, they're not moving forward together for the rest of their lives. They've been divorced. And she said, you know what? I'm not going to push the blame. I'm just going to accept it. I'm ashamed about it, but I'm going to move on. Yep. Right or wrong, she did. That's good. That's good. You got to keep going. Uh, second blame game of fame here. My old broker did me wrong. You ever heard somebody say that? Just two weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I met with, uh, met with an individual. 
And he told me about losing a huge amount of money, seven figures, mm. with a bad advice broker. And he basically said, you know, I'm, I hate the fact that I went through that, but I'm going to learn from that. I'm going to put the pieces back together. I've been fortunate enough to put the pieces back together because that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And he, he basically said, I'm not going to look backward. I'm going to look forward. And that's kind of what we do when we plan with somebody. You know, we walk them through simplicity. And the one thing that we don't do is look at where they're currently structured, they're sitch invested, mm-hmm. and go, why did you do that? Why did you do that? I mean, what was the thought process behind you investing in all of this stuff? I mean, that's kind of looking backward. Mm-hmm. What simplicity does, it helps you look forward. Exactly. And says, okay, here's where you are. Here's where you want to go. How are you going to fix it? Let's look forward. So when it comes to blaming, blaming is always in the rears. It's always looking backward. And not that blaming, and I know we just talked about divorce, and I want you to think I'm insensitive. I'm very sensitive to that fact. But the reality is you don't really get ahead sometimes by holding on and pointing the finger at other people. You might be incredibly justified, whether it be a bad advice from a broker, a messed up marriage, and you might be pointing the finger all day long and being 100% justified in how you feel and why you've been wronged. But the reality is that'll never help you move on. No, it won't. And unfortunately, and it's just the way it is, that matters surrounding money can be very emotional. You know, I haven't heard too many people say, oh, my broker did me wrong. I think they're embarrassed to say it and that it's a reflection back on them that they have chosen to work with someone and that, made that a took a decision. Make a yeah. bad decision. Yeah, it's just very emotional. And, you know, when clients come in and talk to us, we try to take the emotion out of it. You know, you, you can't ignore it, but things happen. We, we recognize we're emotional beings and uh, let's move forward from where we are. I think the enemy that you have to deal with the most over the rest of your life is your own emotions. You know, and that's kind of what we're talking here. This blaming segment that we're talking about is really just dealing with your own pride. Yeah. Because when we blame other people, we're really just blaming or, or, or feeling guilt or shame on the fact of something that has happened to us that we were either a part or not. We're mm-hmm. either the victim, right? Or, or the other person, whatever you want to call that other person from. But we're, it's our pride that's leading the cause, leading the charge here. Because when you're so adamant that you were wronged, it's always everybody else's fault. But yeah. the reality is there's got to be some kind of blame. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's probably plenty of times where there's no fault of, of your own and, and you were done wrong. But we're not really talking about those here. We're no. talking about the times where you have to have some responsibility. You've got some responsibility. But, you know, I'm tired of talking about that. Me too. Let's do something else. I think we should play a game. Let's play a game. All right. So we got this fun wheel here. We're going to spin this wheel wherever it stops. There's about 10 games. Or there's exactly 10 games, not about. And wherever this wheel spins, we are going to stop on it, right? All right and play that game. Yes. One's got to go. Got to go. All right. So the one's got to go game. This one's kind of fun. So we're going to come up with three things. And I've got a really good. I got a really tough one for you. You, you want to so go three first? Things, I'm going to go first. Three things I'm going to list here, and you've got to let go of one of them. All right. Now that we're in the holiday season, it's a fun time of the year. It's lots of good food, right? Yeah. Lots of good food. Well, really good food. Well, I know you're not a turkey guy, but you know. Well, we're talking about good food. Okay. Remember? Lay it good on me. food. Let me hear it. So I'm going to list three things here. 
and you got to let one of them go. All right. The very first one is a pie. Now, it could be the greatest apple crumb pie you've ever eaten. But if you don't like apple crumb, it could be a key lime. It could be a cherry pie. You're trying to make it my favorite pie. Your favorite pie. That's the first one. The second one is your favorite piece of cake or favorite cake. It could be a seven-layer chocolate. It could be white. Whatever, Whatever your favorite cake is. And the last one is those warm baked cookies. It could be oatmeal, it could be sugar, chocolate chip, the best cookies in the world. See, this now, is- all three of them are laid out in front of you. Now, how they speak, baked by your favorite people. And you're going to have to say, I don't want that one anymore. And you have to tell the person who made it. Oh, so they'll blame me. Let's get it back to the blame. Whatever. Well, Make a choice. Pretty easy for me. I am not. A cake person like I am pies and cookies. Really? The cake's going to go? Now, when you said seven-layer chocolate, it made me think when I left Millican, when I worked there, one of the ladies that worked there, I told her I wanted a 21-layer chocolate cake. Did you get she it? She made it. Can you 21 believe it? 21 layers? layers? There were thin layers. She actually, <laughs> she said, I stood up all night doing this. That's awesome. It was great. It tells you a lot. So now here's coming right back at you. I'm not going to give you the easy, here's the sweets. We're going with Brussels sprouts, and you can fix them however you want. Oh, so we're staying with food. Yeah, yeah. Broccoli or carrots, and you can't get rid of all three of them. (laughs) So how they cook? However you like them. So my favorite way? It's all your favorite way. So broccoli, carrots, or I think this is easy, because I'll be honest with you, depending on how they cook, they're all good and they're all bad. Well, now you're being awfully wishy-washy. You got to go one way or the other. You got to throw something out. Never eat it again? Well, carrots are good for your eyes. So I'll probably keep that. Wow. Broccoli is just bad all the way around, but it can, it can taste good. But the, when it's good, it loses all t- nutrition. And then Brussels sprouts have to only be cooked one way to make them good. Mm. So I'll probably get rid of broccoli. You get rid of broccoli? Well, no, broccoli's good because it can be an Asian food. Look at this guy. He, he can't come I'm, I'm the- getting rid of Brussels sprouts. Peace He's out. The- <sighs> Gone. They say you're not like George Bush the first. He said, I do not eat broccoli. I hate broccoli. And they asked him, what about carrots? He said, that's just orange broccoli. <laughs> so, well, then you got Brussels sprouts. Then, then you're broccoli. throwing out the Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Brussels sprouts are gone, baby. <laughs> Actually, I've only had them one way that I like. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I've had broccoli a million different ways that taste good. Carrots mm-hmm. I just love all the way around. But, um, but Brussels sprouts, if you're it, not it, a good it better. Guy, have been the time that you came over to my house and Lori fixed the Brussels sprouts Those with the good. flank steak. Okay. Those were all, all right. I good. talked about that for a year. You did, but that then you was said so good. You just put everybody on the spot that's ever made you Brussels sprouts. There's only been one way that I like. That was it. Okay. All right. All right. That was good. That was. Good. I was. I literally could have thrown up. Leaving <laughs> your. I was so full. Oh, that marinade on that steak. Yeah. Oh. If that was a one's got to go, I would not have let that go. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Where are we at? We're talking about financial blame games. You know, maybe you've heard some of these statements, maybe not. But uh, do you think fingers were pointed in the right direction? So we got a couple more. Here we go. The system is rigged. Wall Street always wins. Never the little guy. What you think? Oh, man. Um, this is a tough one because I feel like a lot of people come into the office and they they will blame a lot of different things. I don't know if they say Wall Street mm-hmm. as much as they'll say a broker or a situational change. I got let go from a job. I had a bad boss. 
you know, I was taken advantage of by this person. I don't necessarily think it's, uh, they point to Wall Street. Now, you and I will point to Wall Street all day long because um, it's, it's, we understand the, the broader system mm-hmm. that has been put into place. Um, but I, I wouldn't say it's the average consumer out there. I know a lot of the fear and the emotion comes from, you know, the market moving up and down, but, but you think about it whenever there's a buyer, there's somebody selling it. So it's not necessarily the little guy that's getting hurt or, or being unfairly treated. But if you're working with someone who gets paid by on commission, if they make trades for you and say, Hey, I got this hot tip. I'm going to do that. I don't know how many of those really work out. Well, that's where I can see someone being really disappointed in, uh, the outcome. Well, it's funny you bring that up because just at lunch today, I had a, a referral that I met with last week. It was a Wednesday or Thursday. It might've been Tuesday. And, uh, it was a cop from Maryland and real nice gal. It really had a fun, fun conversation. But in that conversation, I learned that in her district, I don't know if this crossed the board and I am definitely not beating up cops here. I'm going to beat up the system because when we talked about her salary, Mm-hmm. She says, well, it ranges between X and Y. And I'm like, but this is your salary, like your monthly income. And she's like, yeah. And, she, and I said, well, which is it? Is it that number or this number? And she goes, well, it depends on how many arrests I have. Oh, and, I said, and I said, what? And she goes, well, my pay can vary based on my arrests. And I'm like, and I literally said this, you get paid a commission? And she goes, yeah, on arrests. And she goes, and the best arrests are the ones that, are, that think they're so smart and they fight it and they go to court. And depending on how long they're in court, I get paid even more. So I love trying to arrest those smart people. Now, she's a good cop. She's a, she's a no frills, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess you up, you do mm. something wrong type of person. And she's awesome. Like, I really like her. But the system, like, how can, like, now I can see some kind of justification for people that are like, I didn't do anything wrong. This yeah. guy just wanted to whatever. Now, again, I am not beating up any cop. Like, I, I love how they protect us. And I, if I see a cop in a restaurant, I'm, I'm going to pay for his dinner. Mm-hmm. I see a firefighter, I'm going to pay for them. But the, but the system, yeah. when, you, when you adopt, like, what, what, what kind of, Things can go wrong. If you incentivize a certain behavior, you can expect that behavior. And in happen. our industry, let's bring it back to us. Yeah. So let's beat up us, our industry, Wall Street. With this commission model, it is busted. And how many times we've we been in meetings with clients, and I tell them all the time, I will never be a custodian. I don't ever want to touch your money. One of the best bit of advices that we could ever give anybody that walks into this office is never write a personal check to a financial advisor. Mm. That's how Bernie Madoff made off with all that money. Yep. Because they wrote him, literally, they made the check made payable to him and his company. We've had clients come into this office, write checks to us. I'm like, what are you doing? You rip that up, avoid that right now. Yep. Like, well, I thought we gave the money to you. I'm like, that better be the last time you ever write a personal check to a financial advisor. That's how you get ripped off. You don't do that. If I put myself in a situation where I can do something wrong, I potentially could. I don't want to put myself in that situation for the same reason why I wish this industry would, would make it illegal to put yourself in front of somebody else's. I don't understand why our industry has two standards to conduct business. You've got the fiduciary standard, 
And then you've got what was was called the suitability, which now mm. they've changed to best interest standard, which sounds so much better. Oh, so much. But it's the same garbage. Where they allow advisors to give bad advice legally as long as it's suitable. Mm-hmm. And that is garbage. Now, they're putting themselves in a situation where they can do wrong for the right reason. Yeah. Or what is what could be labeled as the right reason, putting themselves ahead of somebody else where they can profit from it, which is just garbage. And it makes it so hard for you listening to go, well, how do I know the advice I'm giving or getting is right? Yeah. And, and we're trying to talk about the blame game here. You're set up for failure. And, and I could see why you'd want to blame somebody else because you're set up to blame somebody else because you don't even know if they're giving you the right advice. Yeah. Let me make one clarification. When we say don't write a check Personal to a finance, that's for your investments. Now, there are some advisors that may charge for the plan, the plan that's itself. A fee. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking so, about it. Yeah. So there may be a, a, a reason you would write a check for a certain type of business model to a financial If you're person. paying me, yeah. write me a check all day long. That's different than. But if you're investing, correct. that better sit somewhere else outside of that advisor's hand. And Bernie Madoff was taking the investment money. All of it. And uh, investing it in $4 million parties for his wife. So, you know. It's crazy. It is. All right, come, come full circle here. Is the system rigged? I think the system is set up for failure for most consumers out there. If you don't have a planning system, and I don't want this to come across as some pitch for simplicity, but if you don't have a planning system that helps you understand what is good advice, what is bad advice, where you can find yourself in a situation where you're not going to ultimately end up blaming somebody else for some bad advice, then you're setting yourself up almost for a no-win situation. Yeah. Yeah. The great thing about Simplicity is it can verify the investment advice that you're getting. So it's really a, a way to take some of the, oh, I like this guy or I don't like this guy, uh, emotion in, in making a decision on whether investment's right for you. So the financial blame game, the whole reason why we wanted to talk about this today is because we put ourselves in situations or we find ourselves in situations a lot of times where we just want to push the blame to somebody else. The reality is a lot of times, financially speaking, we need to take some ownership. The best way to take ownership is through a really, really good planning system, a process that sets you up, empowers you to make smart financial decisions. Yes, you can always still make a bad decision. Yes, you can still always be led the wrong way but you want to put yourself in a situation where you can see what's around you, see what's happening and make the best financial decision possible because of the input that you, you know, got. I, I almost liken it to playing baseball. You have strategies, you have plans, you bunt here, you steal a base, but sometimes you just don't win. You know, you've done everything right, but sometimes things still go wrong, mm-hmm. but you're still putting yourself you in got the a best game position. Plan. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Exactly right. So if you want to learn more about simplicity and the system that we use here, Give us a call, 704-529-9500. Again, 704-529-9500. Or visit our website, insightfolios.com. Again, that is insightfolios.com. Thanks for listening. Hope you uh, got a little bit more information today to help you make some smart financial decisions. Now for our fast-talking fine print. 
The information presented is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax investment or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a SEC-registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is notice filed or is excluded or exempted from notice filing requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through Derso Capital Management Company. Insight Folios, Inc. and Derso Capital Management Company are affiliated companies and do not offer legal or tax advice. Paul L. Derso and Charles B. Bowers Jr. are investment advisor representatives of Insight Folios, Inc. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.